You're listening to the Benton Heights Presbyterian Church Podcast. We hope this message brings you encouragement and helps to build your faith in Jesus. We're glad you're here to listen to this message from Pastor Paul. Well, today we begin a six-week sermon series on how faith, more accurately, how God moves us through difficult times. We're going to see in these six weeks what Scripture has to say concerning doubts, failure, new beginnings, dealing with discouragement, delayed promises, dealing with disappointment, and we're going to start today with persistent prayer or why keep on praying when there's seemingly no answer. We're going to look at a story today from Luke 18. It's a parable that our Lord tells. It's a parable about contrasts, and it's saying that God is not like a judge who won't give in who won't answer until the persistence comes through. Instead, God is eager to answer your prayers. Now, I'm not sure if you experience it that way. God is eager to answer your prayers. So let's see what our Lord means. So first of all, remember that Jesus is the one telling this story. And He's going to tell us right off the bat from Luke 18 verse 1 why He's telling us this story. Jesus told His disciples a parable to show them that they should always pray and not give up. The story we're going to see from Luke 18 involves two very different characters, a powerful judge and a powerless widow. And in verse 2, we're going to get a description of the judge. Jesus is telling the story. He says, well, in a certain town... There was a judge who neither feared God nor cared what people thought. So he couldn't care less about God. He couldn't care less about people. He was hard-hearted, unsympathetic, callous, and along comes a widow in distress. And there was a widow in that town who kept coming to him with the plea, grant me justice against my adversary. Now, we don't know what her problem was, but we do know this. That in that day, women had no rights. And so if you were a woman, you had little to no rights. And if you were a widow, you definitely had no rights. You were at the bottom of the social standing with no resources. By the way, and I think this is interesting, the word for widow in Greek comes from the same root word as chasm, meaning gap, deficiency, left empty. So to society, here is a person who is deficient, who is left empty as a widow, but she is anything but a pushover. She has a problem, and she goes to this harsh judge. He wouldn't give in. He wanted to have this battle of wills, I guess, because that's what ensued. For some time, he refused. But finally, he said to himself, even though I don't fear God or care what people think, yet because this widow keeps bothering me, I will see that she gets justice so that she won't eventually come and attack me. Imagine the disciples having a little bit of of humor in hearing this story. Here is this powerless widow intimidating this prestigious judge. She has no weapon but her persistence. She keeps returning. She becomes a nuisance. 
badgering him. Finally, he relents. He's exhausted. He gives in and he says, because she keeps bothering me, I'll give her justice. Otherwise, she's going to wear me out with her constantly returning self. Well, is that what the Lord's saying? That that's how we have to treat our relationship with God. We've got a wearing down by praying until God finally relents and says, okay, for peace and quiet to get you off my back, I'll answer your prayer. No. Remember, this is a parable of contrasts. What Jesus is saying is this. If a heartless judge will help out, how much more can we count on a God who loves us to help us out? And the Lord said, listen to what the unjust judge says. And will not God bring about justice for his chosen ones who cry out to him day and night? Will he keep putting them off? I tell you, he will see that they get justice and quickly. The point of this story is that with God, you don't have to beg, bargain with, gripe, complain. Pastor, he's saying, I'm not like that judge. I'm eager to answer your prayers. The question is, why be persistent? How come my answers aren't coming immediately? Why should I keep on praying when answers don't come according to my timetable? So we want to discover four reasons to keep on praying when there's no answer, four things that persistent praying does. Number one, persistent praying helps you focus on God. This isn't to remind God, this is to remind you where the source is. God wants you to remember that He alone is the source for your prayers to be answered. God wants us to see Him alone as the source of our needs, to look to Him. You see, when you've got to pray for something over and over, who are you looking to? Well, in prayer, you're looking to the Lord. So persistent prayer isn't blackmail. It focuses our attention. Have you discovered that we like to look to everyone else to solve our problems? We look to friends, family, the government. We, we look to anybody except the Lord. Psalm 105.4 says, look to the Lord, go to Him for help. That's what persistent praying does. So God often delays an answer to force you to focus on Him. So, number one, persistent praying helps you focus on God. Number two, persistent praying clarifies your requests. A delayed answer, a lot of times, is there to help you clarify, is this what I really want? A delay on God's part is to help you clarify what you want. Waiting helps you refine your prayer. Do I really want it? Is this what I want to see happen? Is it good? Is it for my best interest and does it bring God glory? You see, when you're given enough time, you can separate what is a deep longing for a mere whim. What is an earnest desire versus a, a passing fad? I know I've prayed for things. And sometimes during that delay, realized I didn't want that after all. I didn't really want that. I, I didn't need that to happen. So it's not that a delay is necessarily a denial. It's just that many times during a delay, you'll find that you need to modify your prayer. You change your prayer. You clarify it. 
Another thing that persistent praying does, this is number three, is that it prepares you for the answer. God usually wants to do more for you than what you are praying for. Surprise. You're praying for something, God wants to do it better. He wants to do it greater. He wants to do more. The Apostle Paul knew this, so he writes to the Ephesian Christians, God is able to do immeasurably more than all we can ask or imagine. Sometimes we ask for a small blessing. God wants to give us a bigger one. He wants to do it greater, and He needs time to get you ready for it. I'm thankful that some of my prayers have not been answered according to my time schedule because when they were answered, I realized I would not have been ready at the time. God has to prepare me. I know that there are changes that God wants to make in my life. You've heard the saying, prayer changes things. Well, it's true. Prayer does change things. But most often what prayer changes is you. You see, God is much more interested in changing you than in changing your circumstances. I heard about one missionary who prayed for eight years that one person would be converted to the Christian faith in his area. No one was converted for eight years, and he kept on praying. And then one day, an entire tribe made the decision together. And that missionary got to baptize 12,000 people. He wouldn't have been ready to minister to and disciple 12,000 people from day one. God had to prepare him. God had to prepare them. But when God's time was right, God did it bigger than this missionary could ever have imagined. And number four, persistent praying strengthens your faith. Prayer goes hand in hand with faith. And faith is like a muscle. You've got to stretch it in order to grow it. And you've never been stretched as much as when you have to wait. I read about another missionary. His name is Reese Howells. He was living in England when he felt the call of God to go to Africa. He had little money, and he kept waiting to buy tickets to go to London so that he and his wife could board a ship and go to Africa. One day, he felt God ask him, what would you do if you had the money? Well, that's easy. He thought, I'd go to London, get on a ship, go to Africa. God asked him in his heart, am I the source of all your needs? He answered emphatically, yes, of course. And he felt God speaking in his heart saying, then go. So Reese and his wife announced to everyone in their church that they were going, hey, we're going to Africa, knowing they only had enough money to get about 50 miles down the road. The church gave them a big farewell party. Reese bought two tickets with the money he had, and they went 50 miles down the road, and that was it. They got off the train. Now they're sitting in a train station thinking, don't we look foolish? God said, step out in faith. We've done that and nothing's happened. Here we are 50 miles from home. So here's Reese and his, and his wife just 50 miles from where they started. And he wonders, what are we going to do now? Again, he felt God speaking to his heart. If you had the money, what would you do? He said, I would buy a ticket. God said, get in line. 
There was a line of 18 people for him to get behind. He stood there and and slowly moved toward the counter. As the line got shorter, he still had no money, and he thought, boy, am I going to look silly when I get to that ticket counter. He got to where there were only two people in front of him now. Lord, I look stupid here. All of a sudden, the guy right in front of him turned around and said, I changed my mind. I'm not going. Here, you have my money. The guy took off. Reese bought the tickets. They boarded a ship, went to Africa. Now, let me say this. Sometimes we wonder if what we're sensing about a situation, is that, is that really God? Am I really hearing God speak to my heart? Or is it me just saying, hey, this sounds good. I'm not sure if it's right or not. This sounds good. I think I'll go with this. So how do we know that Reese truly felt God's call upon his heart to go to Africa? How do we know that God was speaking to his heart all along the way? Well, how did it turn out? Only the way God could have orchestrated it. You see, God's timing is perfect, which means God's delays are not necessarily God's denials. God's delays are there for you to focus on Him, to clarify your vision, and to prepare you for a greater blessing. Well, there's actually one more line left to this parable, left to the story that Jesus teaches. It's it's actually a question. However, when the Son of Man comes, and that's the title Jesus uses on Himself, it's from the Old Testament book of Daniel, when the Son of Man comes, will He find faith on the earth? Wasn't He just talking about prayer in this story? It's a story about persistent praying, remember? Why is He talking about faith? Because faith and prayer go together. This parable is not just about persistent prayer. It's about having faith. Why does He mention faith? Because the size of your prayers determine the size of your God. Let me say that again. The size of your prayers determine the size of your God. Do you have a big God or a little God? Look at your prayer life. That's how you can tell. What are you praying for? Something insignificant? Something that you could do under your own power? If you've got a big God, then you've got big prayer requests. Your persistence demonstrates your faith. Faith and prayer go together. Jesus admired this widow. She refused to give up. She was persistent, tenacious, determined. How quickly do you give up when an answer is not immediate? Do you lose heart? Do you want to give up? Faith persists. So how do we pray persistently? Well, in Luke 11, Jesus tells another parable. The purpose of this parable was the same as the one we just looked at in chapter 18. Different parable, same truth, keep on praying, don't give up. At the end of the parable that Jesus tells in Luke 11, He says this, So I say to you, here's this probably very familiar passage to many of you, Ask and will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives. The one who seeks finds. And to the one who knocks, the door will be opened. Which of you fathers, if your son asks for a fish, will give him a snake instead? 
Or if he asks for an A, we'll give him a scorpion. If you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give the Holy Spirit to those who ask Him? If we know how to give good gifts to our kids, how much more will the Heavenly Father know to give good gifts to us? Jesus' message, keep on asking, keep on seeking, keep on knocking. You know what? Oftentimes, it seems that, that we run up and we, we knock on the door and then we run away before the door is ever opened. How many times would you talk to somebody if you only let the phone ring once? Keep on seeking, keep on knocking, not to convince God, not to wear Him down, but for your own benefit. Even if you don't know what's going on, even if you don't understand what's going on, you keep going, you keep trusting. So let me ask you, what is it that's causing you to want to give up today? What is it that you want to give up on? Do you want to give up on your marriage? you want to give up on your job? you want to give up on yourself? What do you want to give up on? You want to give up on your parents? You want to give up on your dreams? Then bring it all before the Lord and not just one time. If we're to learn anything from this passage today is that you keep bringing your requests to Him. What is it that doesn't seem fair in your life? The widow came to this judge and basically said, this isn't fair. There are a lot of things in life that aren't fair. You know the old adage, God never said that life would be fair. So how do you deal with unfair things? How do you deal with unanswered prayers? God says, don't give up, look up. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you for your word and how it ministers to us. When you apply it to our lives, it lays us bare and we see our motives and we see our need of you. Lord, there are people here this morning who are discouraged because they're looking at their circumstances, not at you. Lord, thank you that you have told us this story, that we should pray always and not give up. Thank you that the alternative to despair is prayer. And I pray that you would raise up a generation of people in this church who are prayer warriors. Lord, we need to know that we can never be any deeper in our Christian life than where our prayer life is. So, Lord, help us be persistent in those things that do not come quickly. Help us to realize that all of our answers won't come immediately. But we thank you that in those delays, maybe it's because you're testing us. You're testing our faith. You're challenging us. And I thank you that you're more interested in our character than our circumstances. And I do pray today for the spiritual, physical, and emotional strength for those who are struggling this morning. May they turn to you. May they never give up. And I pray that you would work in the lives of your people, giving them encouragement and new strength. 
Help us to keep on asking, keep on seeking, keep on knocking. Lord, we pray for our land. We know the situation around our nation is beyond human solution. In a sense, we thank you for that because what we need to be praying for is you and your miracles at work to show up real. It doesn't help us to look for a person or a group of people. It's you. Help us be persistent. Help us to realize that now is the time to redouble our efforts, that we want our nation set on a, on a solid footing at the, the base of the cross. And it may be that, Lord, some that are either here in this room or watching have never opened their life to Jesus Christ. I don't know how you make it in this world without your power. So, Lord, help us to know that we were never meant to live with our own strength. And that's why we're tired all the time. So, Lord, open our hearts to Jesus Christ, to a new relationship. And if there's somebody who hasn't done that before and all they have to do is say, Jesus Christ, come into my life, you can whisper it in your heart, God will hear you. Father, I thank you for all of those who might be opening their heart to you for the first time today. Help us as a church to help them grow. Or others who are Christian, but you're discouraged and you feel like you're just really dragging this morning. Maybe you'd say, today I'm asking God for a new source of power in my life and asking Him to strengthen me, to keep me going. Father, I pray that we will open our hearts to you today for new strength, new power to live for you as you live in us. And we thank you in Jesus' name. This prayer that we pray and the one that He taught us saying, Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be Thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For Thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever. Amen. We hope you enjoyed the message. You can connect with us on Instagram, Facebook, our website, bhprez.org, and subscribe to our YouTube channel to stay up to date on all our latest content.